The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Jill Martin is the estate planning attorney here, and she works with clients on a wide array of matters, including what we're going to talk about today. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. Leaving money to minors. Now, I'm thinking trust fund babies. I think that's the first phrase that comes to mind, and I've known some, and they've been A, insufferable, and B, it hasn't gone well. Well, it depends on A, the dollar amount, but trust funds are generally actually a pretty good idea. And I think today we'll talk about what are some of the alternatives and maybe you might get turned around that the trust fund might be the better of the four. Okay. The typical arrangement, right? Spouses would leave money to the other spouse in the event that one of them died, right? That's a the beneficiary, the primary. That's a pretty typical estate plan where, okay. you know, married couple leaves everything to each other. And then when the second of them passes, it passes on to the kids. But it doesn't always work that way, right? If something tragic happened, but then there's plenty of single parents too. Correct. And so it's important to think about if something happened to you and you were the sole parent that was alive, whether it's because a spouse predeceased or passed away at a very young age, or there's a divorce and, and they're just not yeah. in the picture anymore, those types of things, it's important for people to think about. So I was reading up about this and I came across the phrase property management, and that seemed really clinical, like it was a series of buildings or something. <laughs> what do you think about that? When you leave something to someone who's under 18, somebody needs to manage it, whether it's they get left a house, somebody needs to take care care of that house for those children, somebody needs to manage finances or a bank account for those kids. That's what I guess property management would be. So to properly pass money to kids, is this set up via a will or is this a trust? It can be both or it can be none of the above. What happens is we work with a lot of clients who they use beneficiary designation. Maybe they say, I leave my IRA to my spouse and in the event that my spouse passes away before I do, I leave it to my kids. That's a very typical kind of estate plan and beneficiary designation form. The issue there becomes if all of a sudden both spouses have passed away and those kids are minors, they're going to inherit that IRA as minors. And so then all of a sudden they've got IRAs that they need to deal with and, and we have to figure out what to do with them. I saw the phrase court-appointed guardians. If you have minor children and you normally in a will would list who would be the guardian of those children in the event that you passed away and they're still minors. What that looks like is, is there's two types of guardianship. There's guardian of the person who are they going to live with? Who's going to take them to school and coordinate, you know, the vacations and all of those types of things. But then there's also a guardian of the estate, and that's the person who manages the property. So normally in a will, you appoint someone to be that person. It, they can be the same. They don't have to be different, but you're picking who that's going to be. In the absence of a will, likely what's going to happen, an interested family member is going to come forward and ask to be appointed by the court. It is going to be someone that is known to the family that the court is going to basically pass judgment on and say that this is the appropriate person. Talking to Jill Martin about passing money to kids many different ways, many different situations. Let's talk about something called the UTMA, the U-T-M-A. What does that stand for? So U-T-M-A is a lovely acronym in our legal world. The Uniform Transfers to Minors Act. 
that allows you to transfer property in a little bit more efficient way than having this full guardianship of the estate that comes into play. Because the guardianship of the estate has annual court filings, and the guardian is going to have to go to court and get permission to make distributions for the benefit of that minor. And guardianships terminate when that child turns 18. UTMAs are a statutory creation that basically allows someone to create an account where they name someone as a custodian to take care of that money for the minor. The difference with the UTMA account is it extends it out to 21, but it also doesn't have the court supervision over it. So that custodian who's who's taking care of those funds can use those funds for the minor without having to get court approval to do everything. So UTMA, to me, sounds cleaner, better? Uh, depends on your facts and circumstances is my answer in my legal world, okay. right? The difference is, is the guardianship is very, very supervised so that the court is going to ensure those funds are used for the benefit of that minor. The UTMA account doesn't have the court involvement. So if you pick a custodian who's not real great with money, they could start potentially siphoning that money off for themselves rather than for the minor. So there's some pros and cons with both of them that depends on who it is that you trust to be that person. But generally, the UTMA is going to be less invasive from a, an administrative standpoint. So no matter what, when the, when the person, the kid, turns 21, they get it all? That is going to be their account going forward. Okay. And so what happens is... is you know, like at Annex, we have UTMA accounts for clients where maybe a grandparent set it up for a child. And so what happens is, is legally that child becomes the owner of that account when they're 21. And therefore, they have full control over that account. Could that be a disaster? 18, 21, right. 40? I don't know. <laughs> yes. I mean, right. <laughs> depending on what's going on with your facts and circumstances, any age could be detrimental. But a lot of people tend to think that 18 and 21 might be a little young for people to inherit money. My research has shown, yes, that is the case. So can you do it where somebody would inherit the money at 30 or, or later? Or? Yeah. So that's where you can use trusts. Instead of leaving money just to the minor outright, which creates the guardianship or into an UTMA account, people will use trusts as part of their estate plan. So you can do this under the will or under a revocable trust that you use. But basically, instead of leaving it to my son, Bob, I'm leaving it in trust for my son, Bob. And what that does is that creates a trustee who's going to be responsible for that property management, making distributions. But you get to customize the terms and conditions that Bob gets to make distributions for and the age at which that trust would terminate, if at all. It sounds complicated, and it sounds like something definitely people need professional help on. Jill, that's what you do for our clients. Absolutely. Jill Martin, an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. In the Wall Street Journal's list of questions to ask your financial advisor, the first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We will. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will clean up your overlapping, inefficient portfolio and make sure your plan is clear and coordinated as your fee-only partner. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Hit the Get Started button. Start the process. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope we see you soon. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. Annex Wealth Management provides comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients' needs. And that ranges from starting people on simple path like Annex Ignite all the way to services designed for business executives and their unique needs, and we do everything in between. Joining me, several members of the Annex team. Let's welcome back Brandon Lehman, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Good to see you, Danny. And Wealth Manager Keith Butler. Hey, Keith. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. 
Hey, so I wanted to take this time and introduce you, Keith, and we really appreciate you joining the team. We're excited to have you here. Your background is great. You spent a lot of time working in, in a lot of great areas of financial planning, but one area you and I have talked a lot about is business succession planning and some of the things you've seen there. You know, what are the types of business succession planning you've seen over your career? Well, I've seen pretty much the gamut. It ties hand in hand with estate planning, which was my a big background of mine. And one thing is if you have co-owners, that presents a whole unique situation because with co-owners who are not family members, they need to work together to create a plan. Plan for the buyout, how to fund a buyout, what triggers that, like is it death, disability. But the more interesting is a family-owned business. And that opens up a whole myriad of personal and professional issues that people have to cope with. Um, you can pass it to directly. You can give it to them during lifetime. You could sell it to them. You could leave it upon death or combination of a gift and sale. When you think back to some of these different transitions you've helped guide people through over your career, what has been some of the major pitfalls you've encountered or seen people encounter as they've started to go down these roads and you've said, well, we, we need to take a step back uh, because of X, Y, or Z? What, what have you seen the most common? Yeah. I've been really lucky in many respects and that a lot of the transitions of business to family members have worked out really well through the luck of the draw. Uh, very successful businesses. But where I've seen a problems come up are for people that dominated the business. For example, let's say you have a chef who owns a restaurant and he passes away unexpectedly. All of a sudden, nobody knows what to do. Who's in charge? Where I've seen the problem arise is where you have a, a dominant owner business and they didn't make a plan to say, okay, if we have an unexpected bad health event, if we have a sudden death, what happens? Who turns on the lights? And, I, and in, we had a real unfortunate situation with a, with a restaurant that just closed for a little while. And as I learned at the time, restaurants lose a lot of value if they're not sold as a golden concern. Talking about business succession planning, joined by Brandon Lehman, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and a brand new member of the Annex team, Keith Butler. When you think about it, from a valuation standpoint, at what time and what is the best way? Is it annually start looking at valuations of the firms? Is it every couple of years? When should firms and, and business owners start looking at valuation and actually start even this whole process? That's a great question. And particularly the case where you have unrelated co-owners who have some sort of a buyout agreement, stock redemption agreement, they're often called, cross-purchase agreement. I recommend every three years looking at it, unless there's been an event. There may be an event that caused the business to go up in value or decrease in value, unfortunately, over that time. So I would say every three years would be a rule of thumb without something else intervening. When you think about this, so, so every three years, family transitions, at what time should somebody sit down? At what point in their career should they sit down and actually start this planning? Because I have encountered over my career a lot of folks who come to us and they're like, I want to retire next year. And I feel like that's a little late in the game to start the business transition process. When is the best time to start that? Um, the day after you open your business. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, it's something you need to think about immediately. And especially if, it, again, if we go back to a family-owned business, you definitely want to get that planning done. And you want to have communication. Because one thing I found is that people are often surprised by their family. And it can be in either direction. I've seen business owners fret and fret because, oh, my gosh, I, I, I think Brandon should run my company, but what is his sister going to think? And then when you finally have the conversation after fretting about it for three years, she's like, yeah, of course he runs it. On the other hand, you may be able to unearth some problems you didn't dream existed. You may be thinking, ah, they're, they get along great, everything will be fine. Whereas when you have the conversation, 
you flesh out some things that really then need to be addressed. So there, there's no time that's too soon. That That's certainly true. You know, lastly, th- there's a lot of considerations that go into this from value, from timing, from all of those aspects of it. But what are some of the key considerations that you say, if you're talking to a, a new client, that is the most important things to consider right now? I would say, especially if this is a unrelated owner's How do you want to value this thing? Because the first instinct is, hey, if I decide to leave, I helped build this company. I want to get my value out. But maybe it's not you that's the one that's leaving. So if you leave a a valuation, if you just leave during lifetime, that's too high. It may be a real burden on the business or the surviving shareholder uh, to buy out. So I think that's one of the biggest things right there is to talk about what are these triggering events? Leave, just leave voluntarily. You retire you die, because there can be a very different answer as to how you value it. For instance, for death, you have life insurance. So there's a way of funding it. You can't buy insurance for somebody just leaving. Good stuff. Keith Butler is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. And as you've heard, significant experience guiding the unique needs of business executives, company owners. Keith, thank you for joining us. A pleasure. And Brandon Lehman, wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust, Team Segment, Deanne Phillips, CFP, CDFA, Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Deanne. Hey, Danny. You want the good news or the bad news? Oh, the good news, please. Oh, thank you. Okay, here's the good news. Women outlive their male counterparts by six to eight years. Now, I don't know if my husband would think <laughs> yeah. that's good news. Well, I know, and I'm a guy <laughs> delivering that news. The bad news is, is that women tend to wind up as the caregivers for ailing parents or significant others. Not to mention children, too. Right. With that in mind, it's not a surprise that a 2019 Trusts and Estates Women in Wealth survey found women aren't starting their planning nearly early enough. I'm preaching to the choir. Right. No, you absolutely are. That's very true. You never know when an incident will hit. But unfortunately, the survey showed that over 50% of women wait until something happens, death, divorce, disability, something major in their lives, where they take a look and say, oh my gosh, I better engage help. I mean, more good news on the women front, though, is... Women as a whole tend to be more comfortable initially asking for help. Mm. It's just they're not asking and planning early enough right now statistically. They're waiting until there's emotional turmoil going on. And it's very difficult to do the kind of decisioning that is really needed for long-term financial planning when you're in that going through that emotional turmoil. Is this a version of when a guy won't stop and ask for directions? Yes, that's good. That's true. How about this? Is this stat true? 80% of women die single, and that could mean widowed, meaning they're left to foot their own medical and long-term care, especially if long-term care has been depleted, maybe for caring for a spouse. You know, what's really unfortunate is the average age of widowhood still stands in the late 50s, like 58, 59 years old. And that's so young. But, you know, that statistic, when you think about it, pretty daunting, you know, because at that point, you're already going to be, if you stay single, down a Social Security check. I mean, think about it. You and I are married. We both have our working. By the time we have that retirement together, we've got double the Social Security income at least coming in. So there definitely needs to be contingency planning that happens kind of to get women prepared for this outlivingness way before 
they're 50 years old. Now, if you're listening out there and like me, you say, whoops, I missed that target. What Mm -hmm. do I do? It's never too late to start. Um, This is why we give the Women in Wealth workshops that we do, Danny, and why Annex has such a, a long term good relationship with education in general, particularly of women. The topic is women that aren't starting their financial planning, retirement planning nearly early enough. And I've got to ask WWDP, which is, <laughs> what would Deanne Phillips do? What do you suggest? Sure. So I have some suggestions first off. We need to have access to that emergency fund, putting that money away that we can tap into at any time. Women as a whole, we like cash as a whole, but we need to be good custodians of that cash and put it to work smartly. So there are resources that can keep the money liquid, but... Um, Uh, continue to have you safe. So that emergency fund. Know your credit also. Know the credit of your spouse, too. Very important. That will guide, you know, if there is something that changes your status in the future, your accessibility to housing, to utilities, all that. You got to keep, know your credit score, keep it good. There are ways to improve it. So a spouse's 820 credit score is not the other spouse's, huh? It's not necessarily so, no. So you need to check them both. Um, Have a centralized location for your very important papers. So, you know, we here at Annex have something that we call what my family needs to know or grab and go binder. Mm -hmm. That's electronic, writable PDF where people can put in things like if you and I are married again, Danny, go mm-hmm. back to this and you pay all the bills online. Let's see. This would be my chance to be able to capture what's the URL you go to? How much do you pay? How does this work? Right? What's your password? Right? What's your username when you log in? These are really important things. But a lot of times one spouse takes care of the budgeting. The other might take care of the investments. And this is just a chance before tragedy or before a life-changing thing to coordinate those efforts. And it's not too late, right? If somebody oh, no. needs reach out to your financial planner, uh, establish a relationship with a good fiduciary for sure, like Annex Wealth Management, and get that stuff in place and in order because it's super duper important. That's really important. So we're not going to sit there and say, wow, there's somebody who's fearful in front of us. Let's sell them a product against that. We as a fiduciary are not going to push a product. We're going to do comprehensive financial planning for you and partner with you in your success and make sure that your ducks are in a row for things. Deanne Phillips, CFP, CDFA, and Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. In the Wall Street Journal's list of questions to ask your financial advisor, the first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We will. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will clean up your overlapping, inefficient portfolio and make sure your plan is clear and coordinated as your fee-only partner. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Hit the Get Started button. Start the process. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope we see you soon. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. Annex Wealth Management provides comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients' needs. It's a role we take very seriously at Annex because there's so much at stake. Details matter. 
We're going to talk about those details and how Annex, make sure we cross T's, dot I's. Joining me, several members of the Annex team. Let's welcome back Brandon Lehman, CFP and Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Brandon. Danny, how are you? Good, thanks. And joining us, da-da, for the very first time, Angela Wingo, Client Service Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Angela. Hi. Welcome to the show. And Angela, we're going to start with you. Uh, here's the scenario. A brand new client has joined Annex Wealth Management with the usual assortment of accounts, right? Okay. Maybe a couple IRAs, an investment account, some stock, a 401k. I'm sure it's everything that you've seen before. How do we get our arms around all that and put it into the right place? So the first thing we like to have is for the client to provide us with all of their statements so we can know exactly what type of accounts that they have. Because the client may think they have a traditional IRA, but they could have an inherited IRA. So for us, we need to know exactly what the client has. So if we have that information up front, it makes the process go smoothly. Statements first. And and if you had cases where somebody says, I, I didn't know this was an inherited IRA. I did just have one recently. Right. And they've got, and they have to be treated specially. They're different. Correct. Right. Okay. So that's that's a step, and you kind of gather that all together. Is it inputting data? Is it all that stuff? It is. Yes. So once we get all the information from the statements, then I can generate the paperwork that is needed to move those accounts on to Annex. Do Do you have a sense of things that maybe might be missing that 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 you know we ask for it, but maybe it doesn't all come in? It's like, do, could you look a little bit more and find X, Y, and Z? We do. Yeah. Sometimes the clients aren't really sure what they need to provide to us. So then you know, it's a second conversation with the client saying, hey, we need to get these statements. If they don't really know what to do, we can contact the previous custodian with the client to get that information. Oh, we're going to get to that. Uh, Brandon, I'm sure you're going to agree client service managers are key to making sure that paperwork is buttoned up. I think they're the oil in our machine. They are, truly. Without the client service managers uh, behind the scenes making sure everything runs smoothly, let's be honest, I don't think it would run as smooth. They they really make everything from the operation standpoint, from taking care of the clients so seamless here at Annex and are really the key to a lot of our success. Angela, our client service managers have this amazing ability, I don't know how you do it, to speak the language of our various partners. I mean, you got Voya on the line, you know the right questions for that system. The same thing with TD Ameritrade or, or Vanguard or Schwab or Fidelity, all of them. And that's hard for the average client, at least it is for me, and I'm really glad client service managers like you are doing that. Yeah, it could be tough for a client, but since I've been in the finance industry and with Annex, you know, we talk to the custodians all the time, so we know the information that they're looking for, so we know the language. Brandon, our our goal is a phenomenal client experience, and it starts with that portfolio analysis where the financial planning team, they review everything, they offer analysis, recommendation. You're also involved with the client at every step, but when they make the choice to work with Annex Wealth Management, our client service team is heavily involved, and you work closely with somebody like Angela in particular on this to make sure that that's accomplished. Correct. Without Angela and without the amazing team of client service managers we have here, our lives would be so much more difficult. They are able to see things and catch things that we sometimes miss, and and there was a, a previous Um, experience that we just ran into with an individual where accounts weren't actually titled properly. And one of our client service managers had kind of gone through it, started looking at their existing accounts, tried to make the right transfers, caught all of this beforehand, was able to go back to the new client and say, we need to fix all this. And the client wasn't even aware of all the different titling issues associated with the different accounts. The client service manager went back, fixed all of it, and was able to make this a smooth transition for the client and do all the work so the client never had to worry about it. It's almost forensic. 
It is the amount of detail and the amount of work that they put into it, the the great lengths that they go to to make sure that the client is taken care of and the counts are in the right spot is absolutely amazing. We say team tech trust, and I like hearing stories about clients who initially have us work with maybe a portion of their portfolio, but then based on the service that we provide, they move more to their Annex account, and I think that's a real testament. It is. You know, we, we you get that a lot where somebody says, I want to test the waters with X, Y, or Z, but as they see kind of the approach we take, the different levels and the different skill sets and the teams, frankly, at Annex that we have, from the tax to the investment to the financial planning team, these folks can come in and add so much value that the client goes, wow, you know, if I just have it all here, I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's in the hands of some great experts and great group of individuals and all these teams that can really take care of me from every aspect, not just the investment side. Yeah, I've talked about this before, but getting it under one roof and especially the fact that like you said, our tax team, our estate planning team, you don't have to call out. You don't have to say to the client, well, you better check with your tax guy on that. We do that. Correct. I think that's a statement. You know, there's two things I say to every individual that I meet with here, uh, especially new individuals coming in, new families. And it's, look, you don't have to go outside and look for somebody. We can be the quarterback of this situation and help guide you down that path. We have the expertise here. And the second thing that I've, I've said is you will not look at Annex and say, I have a guy or a person, but rather you have a team and it is a team of experts and individuals in all of their key areas to step up and help you out. That's fantastic. Angela Wingo, Client Service Manager, Annex Wealth Management, first time on the show. Nice job. Please come back sometime. Thanks for having me. Brandon Lehman, CFP and a Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for sharing. Danny, always good to see you. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.